You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. So before we get into this episode, I want to share that this current episode is sponsored by my new guide on the complete ad breakdown. I'm giving this straight to you guys because I've had so many questions around how do you create Instagram or Facebook ads that really help you to not only convert to get client leads, but that actually don't waste a lot of your time and money. So here is your answer. I created this guide on really how I used one ad for myself and for clients to create results like having 550 new client leads in my inbox, getting two additional sales in a launch period, which is like two weeks, I was able to help out some other clients to be able to double their list size and audience size within two months just from this one ad alone. So I go in deep around what type of ad it is to use, what you should be saying in there, the typical funnel flow that went through for clients to get these type of results, all is right in front of your face. <laughs> so if you want this guide, make sure to go to the show notes below or go to daniellecolem.com slash ad breakdown to access your copy because this, I'm giving you guys some of my best stuff inside of here. So make sure to go there, the PDF down below, the show notes below. It's literally the easiest that you can do. Just put your name and email and you're good to go. Again, go to daniellecolem.com slash ad breakdown to get your copy and let's get started with the episode. Today we have on Lauren Consul, who's an attorney and founder of Launch Ready Legal, who helps entrepreneurs legally protect their business with ease by providing contract templates that are simple to understand and complete to use. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And one of my favorite things to begin this journey with, especially since you're, I think, the first lawyer on here, which I love because I love being able to have more people on here who's a, a wide array, and especially when it comes to legal, I think legal and accounting are the two things that entrepreneurs stray away from or like don't talk about often. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really good to go into. But before we go into that, I love to begin the show with the beginning of your journey and then end with the present and future. So can you tell me a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this path? Yeah, so I have a bit of a roundabout story of how I got here. Um, I so I'm someone who's always loved school. I've always been really good at school and enjoy, I actually enjoy being in it and the whole process of it. So I decided um, in my undergrad, I studied psychology and social behavior because I love learning about people and the way they think and just people fascinate me overall. Um, and after I graduated, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I had this interest in psychology and I have always been a high achiever and I just felt like I had to do something after, after my undergrad and which looking back, I wish I'd taken a little more time off to really <laughs> reflect, but it's kind of it led me to where I am today, this long journey. Um, so yeah. I went to grad school. I have my, um, I got a master's in marriage and family therapy, and I practiced in the mental health field for a few years, and I got licensed after a few years, and I 
again, still really loved learning about people and connecting with people, but there was just something missing for me. I really was unhappy in what I was doing. I wasn't feeling fulfilled or challenged and I knew I had to do something differently, but I wasn't quite sure what yet. And again, looking back now, I see I didn't, I wasn't ready to do the hard work to really dig deep and figure out what I wanted in life and what I wanted to do. And so I was just stuck on kind of this traditional path, you know, that you go, you get an education and that's what you do. And that's how you're successful and happy. So I just, I switched over and decided that, you know what, I'm going to go to law school because I love, um, you know, when I started in my undergrad, I was doing psychology and law. And so it's always been an interest of mine and it's intellectually stimulating and challenging. So I went to law school and again, I really loved it. I love school. I loved the challenge. Um, but as I started working, I was like, you know what, this isn't quite what I want to do either. Like there's still just, I don't want to spend my whole life working for someone else and doing something I'm not fully passionate about. And, you know, that's when I was like, you know what, I can't just keep hopping careers and changing like this. Like I really have to sit down, do the hard work and figure out what is going to make me happy and bring purpose to my life. And that through a lot of you know, support from others through coaching and, you know, just really taking a hard look at, my, that ideal life, I came to it. I want to own my own business. I want to be able to, you know, um, work wherever I want, travel and be able to help people and still connect with people. Cause that was really the, the thread throughout everything for me. And so I decided I started to do coaching and I was doing business coaching. And what I found with my clients is something that they really, really benefited from was my legal background. Um, because I was how I worked with, you know, aspiring female entrepreneurs, and I'd help them as they're setting up their business and get it legally protected. And I saw how, how beneficial this was, because, well, you know, the, like you had mentioned before, um, law is something that entrepreneurs often <laughs> hide from, which I get. Mm -hmm. because it's overwhelming. It's confusing. It's not made to be user friendly. And so entrepreneurs were, you know, the women I was working with were really avoiding it and opening themselves up to a lot of liability, you know, for all their hard work. And I realized I can help a lot more people if I can provide these kinds of templates that anyone can use to protect their business and all of their hard work. And so that's what led into this. I was doing this already for my clients and realized, you know, I can do this on a larger scale, help more people. Cause that's, that's really what I'm about is helping as many people as, as possible in my life. I'm all about the ripple effect. I don't know if you've, you've heard of that, but, mm -hmm. um, that idea. So that led me to launch ready legal and being able to provide these templates, which I, also gives me the life that I want to live. And, you know, I'm living around kind of around the world right now and, um, in doing this, running my own business, which has been really wonderful. Yeah. Well, I want to say first, thank you for sharing that because your journey, I think a lot of people will relate to since so many, especially women, we kind of go down this space where we start our life and we kind of try and figure out what that is. And then we just set off on a path for a little bit and then we'll get to the end of it, like usually end of college, end of some type of chapter, and then say, oh goodness, you know, what do I do now? Where do I go forward? And sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we would like to say, but it's all, like you said, it all came to fruition. It's kind of what melded you to go into the space and I want to say too, when it comes to legal, because I fully agree with that, that law, which I want, I want it to be the new definition, law equals not made to be user-friendly. That should be the modern definition <laughs> of that. That'd be great. Um, but like you said, 
is something that people need help with because there is this uh, kind of wall or barrier which makes it harder for people to fully understand. So I'd love to hear from you now that you've kind of helped them with contract templates and you said, like you mentioned before, so many of them kind of open themselves to liability. What is kind of like one or two of the biggest mistakes you see a lot of entrepreneurs make that leave them open like that? You know, one, one of the biggest mistakes I see is, you know, people thinking it's not going to happen to them, that they are too small, you know, that, you know, contracts are really only for the big guys, you know, either the Googles or just even someone who has more clients than them. And that's just not true. Like contracts, how I, how I look at contracts, they're not just for, you know, the, if a lawsuit is ever brought against you, that's like the end of the line. And of course you want a contract at that point, but how I see contracts are really relationship preservation and you should have one for every relationship you have in your business. And because that is something that you can turn to in any relationship you have, you know, with their, with it's a client or a vendor an independent contractor, whoever you're working with and say, these are the rules of our relationship rather than getting into fighting back and forth about something and making something that could have been really easily, um, resolved into this much larger, much more stressful, time-consuming, costing you money thing if you just have it in writing. So, you know, I think people miss like that they need that in every relationship, especially something as if that I see a lot with coaches that I work with is when they're doing beta testing and it's a free program that they're offering and they're not getting a contract for that. They were, they don't under, like, they say, well, why do I need to have a contract if they're not paying? Because you still have a relationship with this person. And just because they're not paying doesn't mean that you're not opening up yourself for liability. So getting that contract in place for, for even those free clients, or even if it's really low paying, like if it's just a, a small service that you have, um, because anytime you, you start a relationship with somebody, they, that can impact your business. So I know it sounds kind of like it's, um, it, it can seem like a negative way to look at it, but anyone you enter into a relationship with could impact your business. And mm -hmm. um, the other way I look at this is, you know, because people, people I work with will say, well, I know this person really well, or, you know, I'm going, I'm starting this business with a friend or, you know, I'm helping out a friend or whatever it is. I don't really need a contract. I trust them. And I say, yes, absolutely. I'm sure you trust them right now. But at the point when you ever need to rely on a contract, you don't know what position you're going to be in. You don't know, you know, what the mindset is going to be of that person, of that you, or what has, what's going to have transpired to that you've gotten to the point where you need to rely on a contract. So you don't know who you're going to be dealing with in the future if you ever have to deal with that contract. So you want to just set this up again now when you guys are both, you know, trusting each other and in a good place to set that up to so it doesn't even get worse in the future, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, because this happened to me recently where it wasn't legal. It's was actually the opposite where I was doing taxes, like it's tax, it's tax time for everyone. <laughs> and for me, I, I invested in a lot of high level, high level coaches this year, which is great. However, you have to put that on your W-9, like there's all that fun stuff around it. And to do that, you have to get W-9s from a couple people of those coaches. And I had two, um, who I'm not going to name even though we we're great, like we were great when we worked together, they weren't reciprocating the form that I needed for my accountant. So I had my accountant hounding me and I had them say no. And I realized the same thing to you going forward, the relationship that I need for any person if I'm going to invest in them is when you're good and happy, kind of like a prenup, like when you're good and happy, do that then. <laughs> do the contracts and forms then versus like waiting later on. 
Yeah, that's exact. I mean, I think the prenup example is is the perfect thing, right? Because when you get married, you're in love and you can't imagine ever, you know, separating from this person, but it happens, right? The divorce rate's really high. And when you get, if you ever got to that point, you don't know who, who that other person's going to be or what they're going to do. So protect yourself while you are in that good space. And if anyone is really that you are going into a relationship with is super opposed to a contract, that's a huge red flag. Like, why aren't they wanting to go into a contract, especially if this is someone you know well or in a good, have a good positive relationship right now? That's, that's a red flag because contracts aren't necessarily always one-sided. You can go into it together and make fair terms to both people. Um, so it's just something that you have written down that you can refer to. So that's always something I say. If there's, there's a red flag if someone is really, really opposing a contract. 100%, which is something, like you said, most people don't realize because it doesn't. it's kind of like that it doesn't happen till it happens kind of mentality since there's so much, there's so many other things that are going on in the entrepreneur's mind. They don't think about that, especially that note about the beta program or having a contract in, in that space, because you know, you're just wanting testimonials. You're wanting exchange for that. But sometimes, especially for those who maybe are doing more sensitive fields like health coaching or something like that, some people might want to rescind, you know, their testimonial. They might want to take stuff away. So I love that part. Whether it's free or even low cost, there is something you need to put in there. Yes, absolutely. And also touching on that testimonial releases, even like having a release for that, just you always want to be able to own the content that you have. So like you said, so someone doesn't come back later and say, oh, I don't want you to use it there. or I didn't say you could use it in this way or whatnot, because essentially when someone gives you a testimonial, they're outing themselves as having used your product. And like you said, if it's a sensitive thing, or even if it's you know not as much, if it's a sales thing, whatever it is, they might later on be like, I don't want to really be associated with that. And if you have a testimonial release, you own that content. And so you get to do what you want with it. And then it's just a personal choice, whether you, if you want to leave it up or not. Yeah, I love that. Especially when it comes to the space of like you said, you need a release. There's same thing with, you know, TV shows who try and cover their butts with as many releases as they can get because they don't want you to come back for it. Yeah. I'm curious to hear your space. So obviously in the entrepreneur world, there's um, things like freebies, opt-ins, you know, all the, like free content that you give out to kind of exchange for emails or whatever that might be. But since you're giving out free content and for a lot of people, it's, you know, their best and brightest content do you see a certain ways they should be helping protect themselves? Like I've heard to put copyright at the bottom, you know, what do you see that as, as trying to protect, you know, your um, intellectual property, even though it's free? Yeah, absolutely. So intellectual property, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's free, if it's just on your website, whatever it is, if it's your intellectual property, you own that and people can't take that. So the best way to protect yourself is by having terms and conditions of use on your website, which are generally, or how I think of them are like the rules of your website. So it tells people what they can and can't do on your website who can use it as well as protecting your content and how they're allowed to use it, whether they need to request it or um, if they can use it for commercial purposes, which means they're making money on it or just only personal use. So having that on every page of your website, having it in a place that is easy to find and see. Um, and what that means is it doesn't have to be some big bold thing, but it needs to be where they can easily um, identify it. So most people put it at the bottom of their website, which is fine. And it just needs to be in something that you can 
easily seen how it is. So say your website is like white. You don't want to put it also in like white font or mm-hmm. white color so they can't see it as well. Um, you know, put it in something that contrasts. And then also, yeah, putting on your freebies, you can put that it's copyrighted or that it's created by you and that it's protected by applicable, you know, copyright and trademark, trademark laws and rights. Um, so anything that's just giving people an idea that this is not just something that they can use for their commercial purposes. So, um, again, just identifying like those on the actual freebie. But the main thing is on your website, having those terms and conditions of use, um, again, governs how they'll, how they'll use your website. That's a great note, especially since that, I think it was in March of last year, the GDPR, you know, thing that came up and took everyone by storm. Mm -hmm. Everyone was running around trying to put all these things like the cookie policy, privacy and so forth. And it helped, I think a lot of people realize how much they don't have themselves protected and vice versa for their own clients or for their um, consumers. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that putting the terms of use, because it's something I don't see many people. I see people actually use on their website, but don't understand why they need it. You know? Yes. That's the other thing that I'm really trying to do is make, not just give out contract templates, you know, for people to just slap on their website, but I explain each each provision in the in the template because I want you to understand what you're actually putting on your website, what you're using, because all contracts are not created equal. Like you can go on and find a contract online, but if you don't know what's in it, you don't know if it's actually protecting what you do or what the services you're providing or the relationship that you actually have. And so it's really, but like we've talked about earlier, like legal, there's a lot of legalese out there and Mm -hmm. contracts it's really easy to understand, but they don't have to be super complicated. Like they don't have to be these really long documents with really big words or anything. I mean, they can be in plain English. So you understand them. So your client understands them. That's really the best, best way to have a contract because that's one thing courts can look at too. It's like, how easy was this to understand? Was this really important term like buried deep into your contract where people had to scroll for 10 pages or whatnot? Um, so you don't have to have these really complicated things to protect yourself. It can be easy. I promise. I promise. (laughs) And that's the great part about what you do is you help them educate versus just, you know, throwing a contract at them or throwing papers at them because I think there's so many uh, people out there in this online space where we we love the done for you, especially if it's something that we don't like doing. But the problem with that is if you have people do done for you services that you don't understand, you can't replicate it. You can't understand what you're even putting into your space. I find this same thing with marketing when people outsource, you know, uh, designing, developing a website, which is totally understandable. However, if you don't know how to use your website and then it might crash and you don't have someone behind you to help you with it, you're kind of mm-hmm. SOL. And I, I think that's a great part about what you do too, is you really help them to see that you kind of have to know what's in your contracts so that when people come back at you, or even when you read it, you're, you understand it, you're okay with it. And you can go forward feeling certain of what you're giving out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I take that from my own approaches, like having my own business, something I really take a lot of pride in is learning the, the, you know, all the things that go into my business, like social media, that's something that I was not very well versed in, but I knew that was part of my business marketing, all of that. And I knew it was going to take me longer to learn that, you know, take a little extra time up front to learn it. But it was really important to me, like you said, so if anything comes up, I know at least enough to know where I need to turn, what to, how, how to start to, how to even just start to fix it. And that's the purpose of that in the, in my contracts too, is so if you give this contract agreement to your client and they say, Hey, what does this mean? And you go, Oh, I don't really know actually. 
right? That doesn't look that doesn't look good either. Because then, and it's not that helpful. Because if you don't know what's in it, how are you going to rely on it? How are you going to turn to it and say, hey, this is actually what you signed and agreed to? So it's not. I just don't think it's enough to, you know, kind of piecemeal them together. Or just use one that you don't if you don't understand what it is. Exactly. And I would love to hear too, since you really help target mostly entrepreneurs when you're helping them with contract templates, what is kind of like the first thing that they need, like when it comes to contracts or forms in general, what is the first thing they need to get started with to start this, you know, legal protection phase for them? Usually it's with their website. And that's Mm. because, you know, the first thing we do when we have a new business, right, is put up our website. It's a low barrier to entry, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't cost a whole lot. But there are some things you absolutely need on your website. As you talked about with the GDPR, you need a privacy policy that's legally required. That's the one thing that's definitely like you need that on there as soon as your website is interactive, which means you're collecting what they call personally personally identifiable information about your users. So if they can enter their email for a freebie or they can you're tracking them on the Facebook pixel or anything like that, you need to have that privacy policy because people, you know, have a right to know how you're using their information. And that's basically what you tell them in the privacy policy. You tell them what information you're collecting, how you're using it, who you're sharing it with and their rights. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the privacy policy is it's not enough just again to you know, take one and slap it up on your website, you actually have to follow it. So you can get fined for not having privacy policy, but also not following it. So that's another reason it's really important to know what's in your privacy policy and what you're actually, that it reflects what you're doing with people's information. Yeah, this is a really great note for everyone out there too, for your website as well. People forget that your ads, like, because a lot of people are doing ads or boosted posts, whatever you want to call them, or whichever way you're going. But the problem is they forget that that's still tapping into someone else's data. And they don't think about, okay, well, let me actually figure out what do I need to know outside of just, you know, what's the best picture or copy to use, what is also going to help me protect in case something happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And on, on face talking about Facebook, um, something that I see people missing a lot too uh, entrepreneurs is, you know, a lot of people have Facebook groups, which is great. You know, you're creating your community. But one thing I see a lot is, you know, on those, those questions, you can ask people questions before they go into your group. And one of the questions I see a lot, you know, when I join groups is, you know, put your email in here, um, and I'll send you, you know, my freebie for whatever it is. And if you're just a one-off freebie, that's fine. You can do that. But if you are then taking that email and putting it on your email list, this goes back to the GDPR is people have to consent to being added to your email list and know that's what they're being added to. So in that Mm. question, if you intend to put them on your email list, it's really important to explicitly say that, you know, you are consenting to being added to my email list and it would be best practice to actually link to your privacy policy there as well which I know is a lot, but I swear it all fits. I have it on my group. <laughs> it fits. And that's just what you want to do. Cause you never want, you, you know, you put a lot of effort in building your list and you don't want to have to go back and remove people because you didn't get their affirmative consent. Yeah. That's something that's great to note too. Cause I see that happening in groups where they'll go even one step further where they'll ask for the, they'll ask for the email without any like so, for example, they'll, usually people will give if they're nice, and they'll say, you know, as a welcome gift, if you want to put in your email here, then you can get this, versus some I've noticed will say, if you want to actually join this group, you have to put your email here, and that is super not okay in my standards. Yeah, and it's not okay by the GDPR either, so you want to be careful with that as well. I mean, the thing is, you do you also want people on your list that 
are going to want to be there, mm-hmm. you know, rather than coerced. And you're building a community and, you know, you pay for how many people are on your list as well. So I, I think it's easier. I say that just to, as a shift. That's what I work with like entrepreneurs on is just shifting the mindset about the GDPR and having to do all these extra, st- all these extra steps, which does seem kind of burdensome, but really it's helping in a way, if you can shift it this way, it's helping filter out the people who really want to be on your list, who are actually probably going to buy from you in the future. Yes. And what is the name of your Facebook group so that everyone can go check it out and see how you're doing it? (laughs) Um, So that actually is for my business coaching, which Mm. I'm happy to share. It's uh, Trailblazers. So for female entrepreneurs, Um, but I don't have a group for my launch ready legal yet. Gotcha. Okay. And guys, it'll be on the one second. I, good Lord, I had an um, apple cider vinegar drink and it went down the really wrong, <laughs> the wrong route. Yeah. Lord. Um, what we'll do for this group is going to be putting it all down in the show notes below. So that'll be there for you. And if you have any questions for Lauren, when it comes further to this, all of her stuff will be in the show notes below. But I want to move forward to and really go into when it comes to this legal space in 2019, especially online, do you find that there's there's service-based entrepreneurs and product-based. Obviously, some of them kind of move in or they kind of join together and have a mixture of both. Do you find that there's one that's more uh, open to getting hurt legally versus the other, or is it kind of both the same? You know, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't I don't know if I've come across a come across where I'd have a definitive answer. My, mm-hmm. my gut would be probably with more service-based entrepreneurs might have, I mean, it depends on the product, but mm-hmm. my guess would be, my initial gut would be to like, say service-based entrepreneurs. And that's because you bring in the human factor more. Mm-hmm. So obviously someone, a human is buying a product, but there's a relationship that you're building more with the service-based entrepreneur that like you are, um, connecting with that person on an, on an ongoing basis rather than the product, which is usually just a one-time purchase type of thing. And then anytime you bring in human factor, it can just create more complications again, because people can, you know, start to get hurt over things that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And that can start to just create bigger issues and problems down the line um, that you can help protect yourself, prevent or mitigate from in, in your contracts and ways to protect yourself that way. So that would, that would be my guess It's probably the service-based entrepreneur it just has to be a little more cautious because there's that ongoing relationship, that more personal feel rather than the one-time product. That makes complete sense. That was kind of the hunch that I had already going forward, just because like you said, there is that very personalized and just human connection that goes forward, especially for coaches. I think they're one of the most liable or the the most, um, uh, how would you say it? The most open to having stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's so personal in nature with mm-hmm. when you're building that coaching relationship and it's built on trust. And a lot of times in coaching, you're pushing somebody, mm-hmm. um, you're challenging them and that doesn't always feel comfortable for people, you know, so that can then, you know, transfer over to other things and, you know, attacking your business and whatnot when it's really something that's going on internally with them. But if that's what they're dealing with, you know, it's hard, hard to say that's what's going on. So yeah, <laughs> coaching definitely anything like that. Yeah, and that's a really great note too. Is when, especially for people who first start out, when it comes to being your client, if they've never had a coach before, even if they had had a coach but never gone as deep with you, there might be usually guaranteed there's some resistance that will come up. I think for me, with one of my uh, coaches, 
literally seven, eight months ago, within the first two weeks, I was like messaging her. I was like, you know, this just doesn't feel right to me. I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. And then found out she's later on, she's like the best coach I've ever had. Because that can happen when you when you start to unearth stuff that you either have pushed down or never talked about. Mm-hmm. Some people fight back, whether they know that they're doing it or not. It's sometimes a coping mechanism that they have to kind of work through. Yes, absolutely. And people, you know, we... <clears throat> We are, we all just want to be loved and we're really easy to be hurt, you know, but when we feel hurt, we can attack in ways that we don't always, that aren't always logical. So it might be going after a business, might be going something like, something like that, that opens you up to liability and you just never know. That's the thing. You never know what's going to be unearthed, as you said, or what's going to come up or how it's going to develop. Yes, a hundred percent. And this actually goes great into this rapid fire round, which I do with a lot of my podcast guests, which is so much fun for me because I get to hear exactly where you're at and also what listeners can hear kind of the advice that you can give them in a real quick like second or even in a sentence in general. So to start this out, I'd love to see what is the favorite book you've ever read? Um, Staring at the Sun by Irvin Yalom. That is the first one I've gotten. I will have to check that out. I swear, I I get usually 70% of the same uh, personal development books. You know, You Are a Badass, that kind of stuff, which is totally great. But I love getting these not as well-known books. Or if they are well-known, they're not talked about as much. Yeah, it's more well-known. In the fa- He's a famous therapist, so that probably comes from my therapy background. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what is your favorite word or phrase that you use daily? Put one foot in front of the other, and eventually you'll get there because you'll always be further than you were the day before. Love that. If Well, this is actually a great part, uh, question to ask you. If you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been? Oh, I mean, I guess I would have been a lawyer or a therapist. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be. You're great at what you do now. <laughs> I just love to ask that because some people – when they were younger, they'll have, you know, they'll say an occupation like firefighter or judge, whatever they, you know, thought they were when they were younger. So I'll have to ask that question. You know, when I was in kindergarten, we had this, uh, you know, career day and we all drew the pictures of what we wanted to be when we grew up. Mm -hmm. And my dream job when I was in kindergarten was to be an ice cream truck driver. That's amazing. (laughs) And I remember I when they, you know they displayed it for the parents and everyone laughed and as a kindergarten I was like I didn't understand and then I was like well I'm gonna change my mind I'm gonna be a crossing guard instead because I was embarrassed. So. <laughs> I would be with people I think. I think that would be the best job for any kid is to do an ice cream truck driver and like yeah, be right? able to sample the products and everything. Totally understand. Uh, what is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur should have? Oh man. Um, confidence, confidence. Yeah. Just confidence in your ability. You know, no, I'm going to say faith. That's what every word I'm trying to say. Sorry. I know it's not rapid fire, but faith, faith in just yourself in the world in in just that you are going to be able to accomplish what you set your mind to. Love that. When you think of the word positioning, what is the first word or thought that comes to mind? Um, making yourself known for what you are, what your unique gift is that you want to share with the world and that the world needs from you. Love it. What are two tools, mindset, or resources that you use frequently that you think entrepreneurs need? 
Um, reframing. So just trying to see a situation from a different perspective, even if it's like, it seems like the most outrageous thing ever. I just mm-hmm. trying to look at something from a different perspective, getting my mind in that way and taking three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, like simple things to me really are the biggest thing. Just sometimes before responding, just <sighs> taking a breath and then gathering your thoughts and responding in a way that feels good. Love it. And last question, what does success look like to you in your own eyes? That's a really great one. That's something I've really, <laughs> I've really worked on that one. I, that's what led me to, you know, where I am today. It's feeling really good about where you are, not worrying about other people's judgments and just living your truth and whatever that means to you, you know, of just, and feeling good about it. I love that. And especially since so much of what you're doing, the success that you have for yourself is what you're doing now. It's fantastic. And I think that the listeners can really benefit from not only listening to you in this episode, but going further. So I'd love to hear a little bit of the current workings that you're having for the next couple of months and year to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for. So right now I, so launch ready legal is a relatively new business. Like I said, I was doing, I do still do business coaching, but this is the side that's rolling out to help people with that. So I'm just going and working on lots of different templates in different fields of entrepreneurship. So, you know, people, I'm going to be creating contracts specifically for people, photographers, Mm -hmm. copywriters, coaches, um, marketers, all, all those kinds of things. So you can come in and say, Hey, I'm, this is what I do. And the, and I, you'll have a really easy way to find the things that you need. Um, and you can grab, so those will be rolling out over the next few months and just be adding on, especially even just as people come, like I just, as people come and share what they need and what they're doing. Um, that's actually how I've started to create this list of this hearing from people. So just be on the lookout for that of different templates so you can get yourself covered in all in all aspects and down the line my goal also is um to create some estate planning for entrepreneurs like Mm. what do you do with your business so estate planning you know what you do and when you die your wills um but what happens to your business and the act because it's an asset for you so that's a template way down the line but uh something i want a direction i want to go that is awesome and i want people to be able to follow this too because i think what you're doing is fantastic so where can people find you at online you can find me at uh, launchreadylegal.com um, and also on Facebook at Launch Ready Legal. And yeah, you can find me there and keep updated on what's coming out and what I'm doing. Awesome. And everything in the links will be in the show notes below so you guys can find that there. But guys, this was a fantastic episode. So make sure to listen to this, maybe even listen to it twice if you need to, to take some of the nuggets. And thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on. This was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm here for questions too. I know, like I said, the legal side is confusing and overwhelming a lot of times, but I'm trying to help it not be. So if you guys have questions, even just like where to start, what you need, you know, feel free to reach out. You can do that on my website or on Facebook. Uh, I'm here for you guys to support you. Yes. And again, all that will be down below. So you guys have access to her and feel free to reach out to her seriously. And without further ado, I'll talk to you guys all in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.